So Money is brought to you by CNET, the site that shows how to navigate change all around us. So Money episode 1319, Navigating Work and Money in Your 50s and Beyond, with guest Tamson Fidel, Emmy Award-winning journalist and founder of Unlock Your Bold. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. I don't think that people are put out to pasture at 50 years old or 55 years old, or they're thinking of winding things up. I know people that are working at 65, just like they did at 45, making even more money or have more opportunities. Even if the the money is not there, they have more opportunities to have freedom. Welcome to So Money. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Our guest today has an exciting new act that she developed since turning 50 years old, realizing she wanted to highlight the many opportunities and endeavors awaiting us as we age. My friend Tamson Fidel is here. You may recognize her as one of the country's leading broadcast journalists. She anchors the primetime news for WPIX-TV in New York City. Tamson has won 12 Emmys, and her work has taken her around the globe into the middle of Hurricane Sandy on site at the Columbia shuttle crash and to Afghanistan to cover the war on terror. But her journalism always takes her back to stories about women transforming after a big life change. Her latest movement that she's spearheading is called Unlock Your Bold, where she champions women and men that are navigating life in their 50s and beyond. She hosts the new podcast coming up next, where she features experts and their advice for older Americans pursuing career, health, love, money, all of it. Here's Tamsin Fidel. Tamson Fidel, welcome to So Money. Returning the favor, you always have me on your your program, uh, and so uh, delighted to spend time with you and, and learn all the new things that you've got going on. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. It's good to have you and see you and talk to you and uh, be a part of things because I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. And I want to talk about your new podcast. But, you know, Tamsin, for those people listening, everyone in the audience, a lot of us know you as um, the anchor for primetime news for WPIX in New York City. You've been a journalist for two decades in front of the camera, 12 Emmys. But I've always admired you for your entrepreneurship that you bring to this space. I mean, you're you're a real self-starter. You have productions that you do independently. You have books. What I want to talk to you now about is your latest contribution. Can we say your latest act? What's kind of what is recently really exciting you with this concept that you're coining called Unlock Your Bold. Um, and it's also, it's inspired a podcast called Coming Up Next. You recently celebrated a big birthday. So I have a feeling that this is all kind of, you know, this is all in your ecosystem right now. Tell us what is what it's all about. Yeah, it's like an all big, it's a big intersection, isn't it, of everything? Uh, so I, I recently turned 51. I, I got remarried at 50. Um, I, you know, and I started looking around saying, wow, I didn't realize I was going to still first be on the air at 51 years old. Cause I thought, you know, back in the day, we were uh, told, listen, 
40, 45 years old, you better be ready that, you know, you're going to be aging out. And that's kind of where that's going to end as a woman on television. And so I get so excited that I wake up every morning and I go, wow, uh, age and being 50 years old is taking on a whole new meaning, right? It's, it's different. We talk about it now. We're not whispering our age anymore. Um, you know, we're not visible anymore after a certain age. And so, um, I think if, I don't know if three decades in journalism has taught me anything. It's that you have to be bold to be able to move forward and, um, and to be honest with yourself. And so that's really what this is about. This came from a place of me meeting incredible people that were looking into this next chapter, second act, what's next, you know, however you want to coin that and saying, I'm not done yet. I'm not invisible. I'm very visible. And I have a lot more that I want to do. So that's really where all this came from. And I, um, I just get excited every time I talk about it, because I think it, it's inspiring. And um, wow, there's some people that are offering some great things out there. You know, one of my favorite quotes from earlier this year, I stumbled on it. I don't know where it was like Twitter or Instagram. And somebody said something like, Stop sending me your 40 under 40 lists. I don't care about that. Show me your, give me your 70 year old who finished her first novel, the six year old who lost his job, started a new career. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's so appropriate for our conversation. For you, Tamsin, turning 50, your 50s, what do you think this decade is going to represent for you? Or what do you want it to represent? Oh, you know, I... the phrase unlock your bold was only, uh, it wasn't coined to be like, Oh, I need a branding phrase. It was really, uh, I I had spent a long time kind of like, you know, soul searching and figuring out like, what is next for me? Like what's going to inspire me? Cause I've always done journalism and been a journalist and I've always had something on the side kind of, that was really important to me. So when I went through my divorce and I wrote the book, the new single, it was really about helping people kind of see the bright side and to move through a transition gracefully and, and be okay with who they are and come out the other side and say like, Hey, I can do this. And, um, and so that's really what this was about because I looked and I said, what is the one thing that I'm trying to get to right now in my life? And it was really to find to, to, to bring that bold side back out of me. The one that I had when I was 20, and 25 and 30 and, and allowed me to move across the country and throw my stuff into a car and move to West Virginia that I, I live on top of a mountain and do journalism. So um, I kept saying like, what is that? What is that? It's like something inside me I need to unlock again. It's not that it's not there. It's that it's there, but I need to unlock that little girl again and like have her be bold. And so that's sort of where this started. And, and I really hope that this next decade, two, three decades is about living that um you know, not living out of fear and not being afraid and not feeling invisible, but saying like, yeah, I'm 51, but I can kind of do what I want to do now and, and figure out what that is. And so that's what I'm excited about. I think, um, you know, the way out of fear of anything is movement. And that's where I am. I feel like I'm moving. Yeah. A lot of why though we feel quiet and intimidated and not supported in this, uh, in our fifties and beyond is partly because of ageism, right? We live in a culture. I mean, you talked about it right off the bat. You said I was, I started in this career. They told me 45, I was going to age out. I, mm-hmm. I think there are still some 20 year olds starting their careers in, in journalism, probably getting fed the same message or, mm-hmm. um, subliminally at least. And so what are the realities? Tell me for, I'm 10 years behind. So tell me what I have to look, what do I have to sort of combat maybe when I approach approach my fifties in terms of cultural stereotypes or ageism, things like that. Well, I, you know, I hope, and, and I, and I work on it every day that, you know, um, 
that we're paving the way in, in where I'm a Gen Xer and, you know, saying so, so that you don't have that and you don't feel that and you don't feel like, am I going to be invisible? Do I have to wake up every day and be relevant? Is it going to be okay? I hope that, you know, you move into that, like, yeah, there's new direction, there's new opportunity, there's new possibilities, there's new connections, relationship, you, know, you name it and it's out there. So I hope that when you are 48 and 49 years old, that, that nobody is saying, hey, it's midlife. So, you know, you might not be relevant. I hope they're saying, Start wow. wearing those turtlenecks. Yes, yeah. start wearing a turtleneck, cut your hair short, don't wear so much makeup. You know, I hope you don't have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and what you shouldn't do or that you're too old. I hope it's that wow, I'm moving into a powerful, impactful time in my life where I'm going to unlock the person, you know, that I want to be next and not be afraid of the person that's going to be next. I think that's super important to me. And it's why I, you know, I'm a storyteller at heart. That's what I know how to do. I don't know how to create products. I don't know how to, I know how to tell stories. And, you know, I want to defy that invisible, invisible age concept. So, you and other women know that they're not alone. There's going to be a billion women that are 50 years old by 2025. So in three years, that's going to, can you imagine what the world is going to, I mean, what that's going to be like? And, I, and I'm excited to see that, you know, yeah, our bodies are changing and that's normal. Yeah. We're going through menopause, which I've talked a lot about recently, never intended to do that in my whole life, but um, you know, it's normal and it's not embarrassing. And if you're having a hot flash that there's a, you know, a place to go to at work and it's okay. And you know, your age is not defining who you are. And I, and I think that that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, for sure. Money is obviously something that we talked a lot on this show. And I recently wrote a piece for CNET about money and Gen X. And I feel like a lot of the advice is for the millennials or even younger, or then also like the boomers who are already retired and are navigating Medicare and that whole maze. And in between are, I'm I'm kind of like a Gen X or two, I'm kind of on the cusp. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there's this, perhaps this understanding or this assumption in the, in the media world that, We've got it all figured out. We, you know, we've we've paid off our debts. We've um, we're in the primes of our careers. We're earning the money, so we're good. Like we don't need to dedicate um, advice, financial advice, to this generation. But maybe speaking from your own experiences or your friends or the guests you've had on your podcast, like how often does money come up, and and what are some of the things that maybe some of the issues that are unique to those in their fifties and beyond when it comes to money that we need to recognize. Yeah, that's such a good question. And um, I have to tell you, it's interesting to me. I mean, the, you know, the last time that we really um, sat down and had a talk like this is, you know, when I, when I had talked about where I was after my divorce, my divorce was a little bit earlier than what we see a lot of people going through divorce right now. But, you know, I got divorced um, right after I turned 40 and I wound up in a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. I still stumble on those words, but it was a really frightening time for me. And I had not learned the lessons I needed to learn, you know, about money and about understanding it, about respect it and about knowing what it what it really meant and the opportunities that it can provide and or or take away from right I just I never had those lessons and so I had some hard knocks through my 40s with regard to that and I guess if I look at it if I if I look at where I am and what I learned and kind of self self-taught myself I hope that people coming into this into this 50s um, you know there's enough comfortable talk about it money used to also be a very taboo topic, right? People didn't want to talk about money. They didn't want to share their finances, talk about salaries, discuss their debt, God forbid, their credit cards, God forbid. I'm I'm hoping that, um, 
you know, people are able to, to do the research as they, they, they need to with podcasts like yours and contributions and places that, you know, you contribute your knowledge. But I do think there's a, a lot of fear of it going forward, because when you think about earning potential 50 now is when you're at the prime of your earning potential for, for a lot of people at this point, because the midlife number has sort of shifted. And so it's, it's a little bit of a scary time because you want to make sure going into this age, you're mentally prepared for that. It can mess with a lot of things when you're in your job at this mid age, not feeling def- definitely comfortable with yourself. And so I'm hoping that, um, I guess I'm hoping that that intersection, that there is um, more information out there for it. Like, do you have, do you have to save because there's no retirement? I don't feel like anymore. Right. There is and there's not. It certainly doesn't mean what it did. Maybe when you even started giving advice. You're right. That is definitely evolving. I mean, part of a lot of this has to do with the fact, Tamsin, that we're living longer and we have more knowledge around what it takes to live a, a longer, healthier, meaningful life that inspires you, that, you know, feeds your, not just like your finances, but your mind and all of that. I mean, we should give credit to that, right? For why we can have these, these big moments, these, um, these bold moments now that maybe our generations uh, previously could not or didn't think they could. No, I, I don't think that one, I don't think that there was, uh, there were very many people that were having them, right? Because, and so there, there wasn't anybody to look to. And two, I, I think it was about survival in so many ways. Oftentimes I read an article, uh, recently that said we could be living to 110. And I went, Oh, oh my gosh, seriously, what, what does that mean for my finances? What, right? Oh, that scares that? me. What, what is right. my life? People don't but even have enough for today, let alone when they turn 60. Right. You're telling me I got to double my lifespan and now, uh, yeah, that we're going to have to save a lot more. We better find that career we really like because it's going to have right. to stick around for a lot longer. Speaking of new acts, your your podcast coming up next with Tamsin Fidel um, interviews aging experts and career experts that focus on people in this era and generation. And I, I want to know, what are they all telling you about why those of us in our 50s are primed for the next big act? Like, what is it about where we are in this life stage that prepares us and sets us up for success in ways that we wouldn't have been like in our 30s? Yeah, sure. I think one of them is, is, you know, some, some feeling of financial freedom, quite frankly, some feeling of saying like, Hey, I've worked really, really hard. If you've, you know, if you've been able to at least save some money or understand how to treat money. I mean, I think that's a big thing. I think it's how to treat money, right? It's how to understand it and treat it and then understand what me, what is value to you. So is it valuable for you to travel the world, to have freedom? Is it valuable for you to be at home and be able to work? Is, you know, do you want to make tons and tons of money? Is, is, is money the most valuable thing? I think that um, we've given a little bit more freedom because of that. I think we're also given a little bit more freedom actually from the past two years because we don't have to do the commutes and stuff that we had to do before. And so that gives us more opportunity to network and to talk to people. And, um, and I also think that we have a little more, again, earning potential at this time. I don't think that people are put out to pasture at 50 years old or 55 years old, or they're thinking, of winding things up. I know people that are working at 65, just like they did at 45, making even more money or have more opportunities. Even if the the money is not there, they have more opportunities to have freedom. And I Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really big deal right now. And we have more and more incredible stories of people out there that are doing great things in that next act, you know, and enjoying it, not just going for a paycheck. Right. I think the fact that we can see other people living 
these experiences through social media mm-hmm. and television and that helps that that seeing yourself in your in the future right like i know that i don't have to be afraid of my 50s because i look at what you're doing and even what my parents are doing her older mm-hmm. but like the fact that my dad is still working in his late 60s and isn't is thinking about retiring, but his company actually still wants him to hang on. And he really loves, you know, it's like, okay, so maybe there doesn't have to be this cutoff point. After that, you just have to go out to like, to your point, go out to pasture. Seriously. I mean, I think that there's, that's, that like, that messes with your mind. I mean, it really does. Mm -hmm. If you think like, you know, uh, the end, like you've got this end sitting right there. I think that messes with your mind, you know, and I I don't, I don't think that that's healthy in any way. And, you know, to your point, I think people are moving into this area because they know more about wellness and health and understand a little bit better. And they're maybe a little bit healthier in how they're, they're living their day to day. I've also, I don't know, I feel like there's this kind of movement of less is more in terms of what we have and what we own and what we want. And we've, and it's not just the pandemic for me anyway, but it's about experience. You know, when I went through that, that time after my divorce, I said like, what is, what really matters? Do like trinkets matter? And does this matter? And does that matter? And it does more, more, more matter, or does it matter having freedom to me at some point? And that's, that's really what was more important. And I, I remember looking back going, gosh, if I could get out of debt, if I could figure this out, if I could work hard enough to do it, and if I could do the right way, I will never, never go back and have of excess of things that I, I don't need or can't afford or shouldn't have. And, um, and I, and I think that that's something else that a lot of people in this, this age did, like they, they've tried to make sure that they have that. There's a freedom that comes with that. Right. I'm not feeling bogged down of having to compete with the person next door for bigger, better, more, more, more. For sure. Uh, shifting gears a little bit. You did an episode uh, last fall on the business of menopause. Yeah. Not something I've tackled on this podcast. <laughs> I'll let everybody go to your show and listen to it, but tell us what that was about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was actually really educated with all of that, but menopause is obviously not only a very emotional time in a woman's life, but because people are finally willing to talk about it and finally not just using the word taboo and moving on and giggling about hot flashes, there's an actual business behind it. Femtech, that industry is a $600 billion business right now. I mean, you know, we know wellness and we know health and we know mental health of all, you know, there's a lot behind that and a lot of dollars that are going into it more than need to go into it. But uh, female health was really at at this age, at the post-reproductive years was not something that people paid attention to for a long time and didn't put a lot of money into. They put money into, uh, you know, fertility, they put money into when you're very, very young. They put research into when people are, are much older in their 80s and beyond. And this area was really ignored for a long time. I'm actually working on a documentary about it right now because it, you know, when I have so much information, I have to tell it as a story. That's the well, only Women's thing health I- has never been prioritized over men's never. health. Let's just say that. Never. That's the first thing. Right. Ne- never. Compared to men, never. In the women's space, menopause compared to any of the other areas has definitely been ignored. So, so it's a double, it's a double, you know, whammy. And, um, 
And to see the money that people, you know, people are aware now and are talking about it now. And I think social media has helped that a lot. I think people that are of this age that are willing, I just did a, a podcast, a podcast about women of a certain age and, and um, talked about it. And I said, yeah, women of this age didn't talk about this kind of stuff. We didn't, we didn't want to look unsexy and unattractive and have people think that, you know, you know, you're not sexy anymore after menopause. Well, that's not the case. And so, um, you know, it's exciting to see that that is a huge, huge business now. And, and I don't, I don't mean a business in a cold sense of the word. I mean, business in a sense of the word where research dollars are being dumped into this to understand the 34 symptoms of menopause. I didn't know until a year and a half ago when I ended up on the floor of the news studio going through it, that there were, I thought there was like, you're going to get a hot flash. You're going to sweat a little bit. You might wake up at night and that's about it. And I didn't realize until I started really doing my research about 18, 20 months ago, there are 34 symptoms of menopause. Mental health is a huge one of those women who are in the workplace at 50 years old and trying to deal with it. It's, 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 it's a big problem. You know, a lot of women are leaving the workforce, causing, causing employers a lot of money, costing them a lot of money because they're not there to do their job oftentimes because they're calling in. So I'm excited to see that this is a is become a business because once Wall Street are taking notice and, and money people start taking notice, you know, you're seeing it now, you're reading about it more. It's it's in the like normal magazines. It's not just hidden off to the side in some medical report. So there's a big business. And I was real excited to understand that as one of the various tent poles to, to look into about about menopause in this time in someone's life. Fascinating. So fascinating. I think once you start putting it in the context of how this affects the bottom line, uh, then more stakeholders come to the table. And you know what? It's unfortunate we have to go there to talk about it. Like it should just be something that we all really want to support and make better because um, it's painful and doesn't have to be. But to put a price tag on it, we live in a we live in a you know capitalist society. Like that's what's going to get the the needle to move. Fine. And well, what excites me about uh, talking about it, which I, let me tell you something, you've known me for a long time. Menopause was never on any radar of what I was going to admit or talk about. Just wouldn't even, it wasn't even in my whatever. And if somebody said to me, Hey, you're going to talk about your hot flashes uh, um, on social media. I'd be like, no, I'm going to put a filtered picture up on social and I'm going to look like everything's okay. Uh, But, you know, as I've gotten more into this space and seen more women at the top of these businesses, which always excites me, you know, there are products out there, there are supplements out there. There's obviously, you know, hormones out there. There are different options for women. And then the most exciting part of that is women being able to be paired with doctors that do midlife because a lot of doctors do not have a lot of hours in medical school talking about that. So um, the business of it is exciting and where it goes next is exciting to me so that when people come into this age, they're not whispering about that anymore either. Right. I mean, it starts with your period. You don't really, it's yeah. like you, they put all the girls in one room. They put the boys in the other room. I think everyone should be in the same room. We should yes. all know what's We're going on with all of our bodies. Yes. And lower the temperature in the room if I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you were, you experienced, um, uh, your first experience with menopause was at work. What happened? So I had been experiencing symptoms of something, right? And I thought I was just I actually thought I was depressed and um, I went to the doctor and they put me on Lexapro and they said, uh, you just know it's this time of life and you're just depressed and moody and this and that. Never did any kind of blood test, never did any kind of hormone test. Never, and I didn't know to ask for it because why would I know to ask for it? And if that you're, you were like 49, 48. I was 47 when that this kind of started. And then when that happened in the studio, I was 
49, like it was, I think it was October, November. And I was sitting on the set and I'll never forget. It, it was a, t- it was like 1030. Cause I do the business report at like 1040. And I remember I was stand, I was sitting on the chair and I, I'd been having a hard time with, um, words on the teleprompter, you know, words that I knew, you know, a word like writing and I'd look at it and things were crossed or I couldn't see the word, right. I'm like, what is, what is that word? Writing, 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 writing. And I thought, am I going, what's, what's going on with my mind? I was, was nervous. I was scared. And, um, so that had started happening and I kind of like went, Oh, you didn't get enough sleep. You don't have enough caffeine. You didn't whatever, whatever. And, um, that particular night I, uh, got this flush came over me. My heart was racing out of my chest. Um, and I just felt like, I don't know if I'm going to throw up, if I'm going to get sick. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I said, but I don't, I don't feel right. And so I finally knew that it wasn't that I was, something was wrong. And so I said out loud, I work in a studio of men. So that's, you know, my own insecurities. I said, Hey, if I fall off this chair, someone pick me up or someone catch me. And, uh, the one guy had the foresight to go, wait, are you, are you okay? And I said, I don't know. Something's, I don't know. And he goes, I think you need to get off the chair. You know, we sit in the stool. I think you need to get off here and come with me. He literally halfway carried me to the bathroom and I like got on the floor and I just laid on the that's cold, cold floor next to the toilet. I said, if coronavirus started anywhere, it started on that you know floor with my face on the toilet. Um, I, so I laid there for about 30 minutes. I couldn't, he goes, are you having a heart attack? Are you, what's going on? And I said, I, I don't know. I've never felt like this before. I wasn't throwing out. I didn't know what was going on. Well, it turns out that, you know, there are 34 symptoms of anxiety of, um, of menopause, not just, you know, hot flashes and kind of some of the funny ones that we laugh off and severe anxiety, you know, mentally just not feeling right brain fog. All of those are symptoms. And that happened that night. And I, I remember I stayed in bed for 48 hours that weekend. It was a Friday night. And, um, the next week I went to one doctor after another and, you know, I feel privileged to be able to have gone to one doctor after another, but I went to an endocrinologist. I went to my OBGYN. I went to a midlife practitioner. Didn't even know that was a real thing. Uh, I didn't even know what that was at that point. And then finally somebody said, we need to, we need to really do a a real round of blood tests to see what's going on with you. And I was in menopause and I was in, you know, Postmenopausal, not like, hey, you might be in perimenopause. I was postmenopausal at that point, so I had wow. got menopause as one, you know, one day that you know the first day after you're not you didn't have your period for twelve months, but um, but that made me wake up one to start doing a ton of research because that's what I know how to do. That's my that's my superpower. That's all I know how to do is research, research, research. And I did. And, and I came to a place where I was like, Oh my gosh, no one's talking. What, why didn't I know this? Why hasn't anyone talked about it? And so that's where I got to where I am today and why I I do interview a lot of those people. I cannot believe so many professionals didn't think to initially diagnose you with this or say, Hey, let's do a blood test before we Mm -hmm. send you to six more doctors. Or perimenopause. Like, I didn't even know that was a word. I didn't even know that was a word. And shame on me, but I didn't know that. And so um, it it has been a... uh, and, And, you know, they did say, like, maybe it's hormonal. But it wasn't that, like, you're done, you know, because I, here's the other thing. I was still having bleeding because I have, um, endometrium polyps and I've had those for years. And so I was still bleeding, not realizing where I was either. And so, you know, that's part of the problem. And so I, I don't ever say like shame on those doctors because I had a, you know, other symptoms going on, but that's what happened. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right that this is not 
mainstream and it should be, and you're making a lot of efforts to do that, to make it um, become more universally known. But the stories that I've run into about menopause in my own life, first of all, my mother and I've never had a conversation about it. So I should probably call her after this podcast. Um, My best friend's mother, my best friend told me one day she walked into her mother's bedroom and found her mother on the floor thought her mother had had a heart attack and her mom goes, no, honey, I'm okay. I'm just going through menopause. Yes. I mean, can you imagine? Another girlfriend of mine started having very early stage menopause in her mid thirties. She was in a meeting with eight men all in suits. She started sweating. Like she's like, Farnoosh, um, it got to the point where, and she knew it, she couldn't, she tried to keep her cool because she was like in this boardroom and a coworker pulled, pulled taps her and she's, he's like, are you okay? Like, do you need to go to the bathroom? She's like, I got this, you know, like, don't worry. And she yes. knew she was like sweating. Yes. There's like buckets of water beneath her chair, mm-hmm. goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, you're going through early stage menopause. Come to find out this runs in her family. Nobody told her. Her aunts all had it. And she was trying to have a baby and was wondering why she couldn't and feeling so much pressure and stress because of it. And had she just had a family member tell her this runs in our family or you should get checked out. This, this is no joke. And so to hear your story, there's like millions of stories like that. And it's really good to hear that there's now being real dollars being put into this Mm -hmm. to research it and make it easier and more accessible, like the education more accessible to everybody is so, so important. It is. You know, I had the same thing. My, my mother went through chemotherapy starting at uh, 40, 45 years old. And so, you know, medical menopause is what she probably went through, but I, I don't know for sure. Um, you know, she passed away, uh, in, in, um, in 1990. And so, you know, she, there was never a conversation we would have had then, I guess for sure not because I had just turned 20, but, um, so I didn't really know what it, you know, what it was. I thought it was my mom's chemo and it probably was in part that and part something else. But, but I never, you know, there was never a baseline. Like when you're, you know, when you're a certain age, you go get your mammogram and you kind of know that. And on the news, we tell everybody to do that. And that's what we know to do in October. Right. So there's not this, nobody, nobody says like, Hey, when you're around 43 years old, you should probably get your hormones checked, see what your baseline is, see where you are with your, with your hormones. So you know where to go next. So there's some incredible companies that I have um, done you know, some, some things with to help, you know, host Q and a sessions with doctors. Um, and, you know, I keep putting them out there because I, I believe that, you know, this is going to be that next conversation that we need to be having that we're not having. And, and that's why I started working on this, this documentary about it, because I feel like it's not about, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make fun of it. And and there's the funny parts of it. And so, you know, it'll it'll have a little bit of humor in it, but it really is about those kind of stories of women that had no idea. And moms never talked to them about it. Cause I don't, you know, and it's not our mom's fault. It's just that these are topics that we didn't talk about. We whispered about for a long time. Well, I'm, I'm calling my mom, telling you what Call your calling, mom you can call everyone me. I know over the age of 50, I'll be contacting you this weekend. Uh, <laughs> I'm around. Tamsin, thank you so much. We look forward to more podcasts, seeing you on the news, your documentary. There's got to be a book here too. This is so important. I know. I know. I, I, I promise I'm going to do Not that. Not to add more to your pile, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and just thank you for spending time with us and um, have you back anytime. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's great to be here and I'll always be listening. 
Thanks so much to Tamsin for joining us. To learn more about Unlock Your Bold and Tamsin's podcast and more about Tamsin, go to TamsinFadel, F-A-D-A-L dot com. I'll have that link in our show notes. It's almost Friday, so be sure to get your questions in for me. You can text me at 415-942-5002. You can also head over to Instagram and send me a direct message there at Farnoosh Tarabi. See you back here soon. In the meantime, I hope your day is so money. 